the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, and uh, it is a very important day. This is an important segment, and we've got a great show. In a few moments, uh, we will have a chance to visit uh, with... um, Two really great uh, people. One is, of course, Dr. Uh, Marina Hoffman, I mentioned. We'll have her on. She's going to be at our Collegians. And John Schlafly also. Tomorrow, I'll visit with Alex Newman, our old friend who's running for state rep in Florida. So you got that to look forward to. But first, let me tell you uh, what you need to know. What you need to know today. This is important. Call this segment the Kangaroo Court of the Narrative Machine. Now, remember, I've been talking for months and months and months about the Narrative Machine That's when big tech and big media uh, join with big government and they try to push a narrative on the American people. The one example you could see is the Russia hoax, the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, the components of the narrative machine in that case, big government, the FBI, the uh, internal uh, workings of the White House under Obama, the um, intelligence community, big government. Then they created the Mueller um, uh, uh, Mueller, uh, committee. Um, and Mueller's a team, quote unquote, government, big government, went about torturing a bunch of people and, and driving everybody crazy. Big tech and big media made sure to weaponize the thing. But that example, in some ways, isn't even as good as the January 6th example, because watch what the narrative machine does with January 6th. January 6th, of course, is a constitutional date in the Constitution, key date for moving forward after a presidential election. As the date approaches, people are having rallies all across the country and they're saying, you know, 60, 70 million people saying it didn't seem like this was an up and up election. Something seems off. What can we do about it? And we get to January 6th and I know no one that had any plans on insurrections. It's just a silly, silly idea. In fact, it's so dumb to say it out loud now, but what happens is there is some people that get a bit out of hand. Some of them were the protesters. The, some of them were probably law enforcement. Whatever it was, we end up with people doing some things, some trespassing and breaking a few windows, not unlike Antifa did and everybody else did in those summers before. But here's where the narrative machine kicks in. Big government says this is an insurrection. That's Nancy Pelosi, the Capitol Police, all the people that should have been embarrassed that they weren't able to maintain order say it's, oh, my gosh, it's an insurrection. Now watch that. Watch what happens. Big tech kicks in. They take the sitting president off of of, of all the social media platforms. They shut down anyone who is saying anything other than the the, the sort of the standard um, message that it was an insurrection. There were already people that were being knocked off of Facebook and Twitter because they were saying the election didn't seem on the up and up. So that's big, big government and big tech and big media has spent all this time talking about insurrections and lying about it. They're not, as no one has explained why it was an insurrection. No one's been charged with insurrection. No one explains why there were, I don't know, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people gathered 
And even the five or 600 that are supposed to have been bad actors, none charged with insurrection, but not none of them came with armed insurrection on their mind. You're telling me that in America, you would not, if you were going to have an insurrection, wouldn't you bring your weapons? I mean, it's kind of silly. It's kind of silly to say out loud, but it was more of a protest, right? It was more of a protest with some people getting pretty uh, rambunctious. But here's where we're come to with the kangaroo court. The kangaroo court and the show trials of Congress, Pelosi show trials, are designed again to reinforce the narrative machine, reinforce the narrative again by the use of the machine. Do you think it have you if you've watched any of the coverage, have you noticed anybody saying something like this? Um, it seems as if the select committee is really just partisan. The uh, Republicans haven't been allowed to put anyone on themselves. The only people that have been on are people that seem to really hate not just the president, but the Republican Party. Um, and no one says that. Imagine if the Republicans, when they have their own select committee next year, I suspect, and they don't let Democrats put someone on. You know what the coverage will be all will be about? It'll be about how partisan it is. So the narrative machine, big media, is enforcing the big government act of the kangaroo trial, the kangaroo court, the show trials and big techs going right along. So we're watching something that is so out of hand. It's almost stunning, except here's the wrinkle that they didn't plan on. The narrative machine, which was effective, I have to say, it was effective with the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. It's no longer working the same way. Normal American people are looking up and they're saying, yeah, we don't believe you. Less and less, fewer and fewer of us believe you. When we see the image of Chuck Schumer screaming in front of the U.S. Supreme Court where he says to Kavanaugh by name and Gorsuch by name, you will pay. You'll pay a price for your decisions. Within hours of a man showing up from across state lines with weapons to kill Kavanaugh and his family because he was inspired by the opposition that had been stoked up by people like Schumer. Where's the outrage? Imagine if Matt Gates had stood on the steps of the courthouse and had said, if you don't take these cases up and you don't give us a, a fair election, the results in 2020, their question that you will pay a price. So to Mayor, and then someone showed up with a gun. We wouldn't just have the, the, uh, the call for resignation, of Matt Gates or anybody else, we would have, I literally, you can imagine the screaming on TV and big tech and everywhere else that this was over the line. So the kangaroo court of the show trials, the kangaroo court of the show trials of Nancy Pelosi will be a, an absolute farce. And the question, only question is, are they, are they, uh, is the narrative machine in this case, the kangaroo court, the show trials, are they brainwashing anyone effectively because i know people that still maintain the russia 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 hoax they there's a list of hoax that the democrats have been doing they're a party of hoaxes the hoax of russia 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 the hoax of the charlottesville fine people the hoax of drinking bleach there's hoax after hoax and what you have is another hoax is that all the elections ever in 2020 were perfect every hoax they undertake is a way for them to push their narrative and the people are getting sick of it. But a certain number of people are convinced and they are made upset and they are made focused and it is dangerous. So I don't even know what um, the, uh, the, the pushback will be from Republicans because there's none on the committee that are going to push back. They're just going to the ones that are on there are going to be part of it. But there ought to be uh, more made of how ridiculous this is. What kind of people 
think that what we saw on January 6th is an insurrection. I mean, what kind of people? There's been a lot of coverage in the last few hours, uh, maybe day and a half or so, of uh, comparing what happened in Wisconsin. I think it was in 2011 when some left-leaning protesters actually seized the Capitol, expelled all the people that were there, and, and, and held it hostage for a week or two. And that the local police, a liberal Democrat, I think, said, don't do anything. Finally, the court ordered it to be cleared, and they cleared it finally. But it was a lot different than a bunch of people walking through taking selfies which is what happened last um, on January 6th. So it is going to be, it's going to be a, um, a total, um, a total uh, boondoggle, a total joke. And uh, we should watch and just call it a kangaroo court and a show trial. Um, it's not going to be serious. It's not going to be, um, um, uh, it's not going to be real, but it may be damaging. Um, so we'll see. Um, I want to uh, also ask you to watch, watch and see, if they use edited video, sneaky edited video to try to show things that are look terrible and are not the full picture. Now, again, anybody taking a, a flagpole or anything and hitting a policeman, you ought to get charged. No doubt. You, you just can't do that. But it depends on how you edit it to show was other th- what, what other things were going on. Again, not excusing that, but saying there's plenty of moments. Will we ever get to the bottom of Ashley Babbitt? We ever get to the bottom of some of the other things that seem to have been wrong here. We only know a little bit about what happened because it's been selectively released. The video has been selectively released, not serious, not real kangaroo court and a show trial and a show trial. And uh, um, watch Jamie Raskin is going to be with all sincerity saying all these serious, serious things. It's ridiculous. It's comical, except it's tragic. And here's my one last thing on this, which you need to know. Watch and close your eyes and say the Republicans get power. The new speaker can simply appoint new members to this select committee and let them continue their work. And what if we actually had a select committee that looked at why didn't Pelosi call in the National Guard? They were offered by Trump. He offered the military when they looked like there was trouble in the days before. Actually, there was an offer. Why is it we don't see all the video that's been that's been um, taken? Why not? What is it that people are hiding? We'll get to the bottom of it. That's what could happen. This could become one of the worst things the Democrats could have done. They should have just moved on. They should have come up with a plan to, to address gas prices or inflation or food prices. But they should have certainly moved on. And they didn't. And I think it may backfire. So watch for that. Kangaroo, kangaroo court and the show trials of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, there you have it. All right, everybody, we'll take a break. When we come back, we've got John Schlafly and Marina Hoffman and a lot more. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with John Schlafly. John Schlafly writes a weekly column with his brother, Andy Schlafly, called the Schlafly Report. Posts over at the uh, townhall.com, our sister site, and also archived at phyllisschlafly.com. This week's column, perfect timing, I think, uh, although we could talk about that too, John, is a call. The title is J6 Propaganda, excuse me, J6 Propaganda Show Won't Stop Trump. And uh, of course, referring to the, um, the, the show trials that are taking place um, and uh, in Washington with all Democrats and handpicked anti-Republican Republicans on the panel. 
John, um, by historic comparison, do we have anything? I mean, the, the, the Iran-Contra hearings got a lot of attention back in the day. Benghazi had some oversight committee hearings. What, what's your sense of what the, how this fits in this sort of history of, of staged hearings? Well, Ed, I don't think this is going to be a hearing in that sense. Yes. Uh, the tip-off was the fact that they'd hired a, a, a Hollywood, uh, you know, a well-experienced producer of documentaries, somebody who worked on uh, the Nightline program, right. uh, Good Morning America. You know, this type of individual is not interested in a hearing where you listen to witnesses from both sides and you you let the viewer make up his own mind. What they do is to, is to concoct a narrative, which is a one-sided infomercial, uh, in order to uh, present the point of view, a single point of view, of the person who's doing it. And they hope that will be compelling and will switch the, you know, shift the public opinion. That's what they're aiming at this. And, uh, you know, of course, we'll see how well they pull it off. I don't think it's going to work, but they're going to tr- give it their best shot. And uh, I don't think it's going to work. Well, we're talking with John Schlafly. I think you're I think you're right. Um, the um, the reality is that um, even The New York Times is saying uh, the um, the trial that the excuse me, the select committee hearings are meant to try to change the focus um, MSNBC, one of their uh, TV hosts said, you know, they've got to get people to care about January 6th more than they care about inflation and gas prices and, uh, and the cost of, uh, of food going up. So it's clear. I, I think you're right. It's not going to work, but John, I mean, um, even as you allude to in the, in your, in your answer and in the column, you got a lot of people uh, who know how to do this stagecraft and you got a lot of power behind the, um, big tech and big media to reinforce this messaging. I, I don't know. I mean, but by the time the Mueller report uh, boondoggle was done, 40, 50% of the country believed and still to this day believes that Russia and Trump were doing something in the elections. Um, yes, they're certainly going to give it their best shot. And they've got apparently all every network except one is going to give it respectful coverage. Of course, the one that's not, uh, doing it, Fox News, which is the biggest one, uh, is going to have counter-programming at the same time. And uh, so, uh, you know, what's going to be the upshot? Well, we'll see. If 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 they have a smoking gun, a bombshell to release, somebody we haven't heard before, then, you know, but I don't think so. I don't, this, or at least as far as we know, they don't have that. Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly again. His column uh, refers uh, to the January 6th propaganda show. Um, and uh, I think that's right. I mean, one thing that's not been underscored is uh, and won't be, I'm sure, because they will uh, be able to say, well, there's there's the Democratic chair and then there's the Republican vice chair, Liz Cheney. But the only two Republicans allowed on the committee were not the ones selected by the Republicans, as is the sort of expectation in these kinds of uh, things. Even when you had the Benghazi hearings, you had the Democrats who were on the oversight committees or on the Judiciary Committee, I guess it was, that were able to be there and to have be a somewhat uh, or maybe more, but skeptical or antagonistic to the witnesses. Now it's really a show trial. I mean, that's one of the things I think, John, you know, Liz Cheney has 
has said, you know, her piece, she's her goal is to block Trump from being president ever again. Her goal is to be against the Republicans. Yet she'll be put up there with an R next to her name and half the country will think or more. Well, there's a Republican. Isn't that helpful? Well, Liz Cheney is not a particularly compelling figure, uh, so I don't think she can carry that off by herself. I'm sure she can't carry it off by herself. Uh, and uh, what they would need would be, a, you know, a, you know, a highly produced video presentation, which and uh, with compelling speakers and witnesses and. Uh, of course, I, I don't, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, my guess is it will be seen as, as a one-sided, slanted, twisted documentary as, as it really is. Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly again. His column is available at phyllisschlafly.com. He and his brother, Andy. Uh, John, you do go into, you allude to the fact that there are these prisoners that are being held on the January 6th, um, uh, the often referred to, sometimes referred to as American Gulag and all. Um, I, again, is that is it possible that that's what will catch the public's eye? I guess my I, my hope is because I know a lot about it and all. But on the other hand, I, I, I without the coverage of it, I'm not sure that anybody will know. Well, they're not going to show the prisoners. I mean, you know, that's what we suggest. That might make a really interesting yeah. uh, show is, right. is if they brought out uh, some of these people who were arrested and have been locked up ever since to hear from them and hear from them as to why they were there that day and what their motives were. Now, that would be interesting, but the committee has not seen fit to hear from any of those, either privately or publicly. And I don't think they would dare put them in front of a camera. Um, that's uh, that. I think you're right. I mean, I, I obviously um, you mentioned earlier, do you have any sense? I mean, is that, is that the scuttle? Is there scuttlebutt that there will be surprise witnesses that are somehow dramatic? I, I feel like we've sort of seen the preview of all the, of all the possibilities. I don't know what that would be. Well, there's, they certainly want to mobilize the uh, public uh, to think that, you know, January 6th was uh, an attempt to destroy our democracy and all of that nonsense. Uh, so they've got plans. They haven't released their plans, and we'll have to wait and see. Oh, we're talking to John Schlafly. John, you remember, and I've talked about this on the program a couple of times, on um, inauguration day of Donald Trump, there were uh, the gathering of, uh, the, I, think it was the, I think it was technically called the Women's March, but it was a, a lot of women in, in funny hats. And then there was violence where they looted a bunch of uh, burned cars and, and crashed and smashed cars. Um, and my point there was that for about a year, the millions of Americans had been told and, and very effectively told that Hillary would win, Trump couldn't win. There were some people, I can't read their minds why they were there, but they were there because they were so devastated that they had um, been told that. And it was, it was, it turned out to be not true. One of the things I tell people is the Democrats and the select committee in the next uh, couple of weeks, the January 6th committee is going to have to read the minds of the people who showed up on January 6th and read into their minds that they were there for an insurrection, as opposed to what is the more natural reaction that people were there because they thought the election hadn't been done quite right. And they wondered about what they could do to say, hey, hold on before you certify this. What can we learn? And so this idea of mind reading 
all of the attendees and all the people and somehow getting to the from mind reading, you know, frustrated political assembly, political speech to an armed insurrection with a with an antlered hat and bear spray. It's it seems so comical that it shouldn't work. But again, I I guess I wonder it's sort of worked so far. Well, you're right, Ed. I mean, a legitimate congressional hearing would hear from both sides, the majority and the minority, each have the opportunity to bring their best witnesses right. uh, before the committee. But that's not happening here because the minority was denied the opportunity to put put people on the committee. And uh, since that violates the House's own rules, that has raised a uh, you know, serious question about the committee isn't even valid and doesn't even have the right to compel its subpoenas. Uh, now, the courts have been unwilling to go there because of separation of powers. But uh, in reality, the whole committee is, uh, is um, it's an unprecedented, one-sided, even where, where the Congress is under complete control of one party, they still are supposed to, under the rules, allow the minority party to have their say. But this committee does not allow that. They, they're afraid to let the minority party have their say. And so it's a one-sided show. Um, it is. And I, again, I think your instincts are right. Um, John, we're talking with John Schlafly that it's not going to work. It feels like it's not working um, and they sort of know it. It's slipping a little bit, but we'll see, as you point out. Uh, and again, my concern is that the power of the um, of the platform, you take big government Congress, the big, you know, big building and all the lights. You take big tech and you take big media and you decide to define the narrative. A lot of people are going to watch and be persuaded. That's my fear. And uh, I think that's part of the game. Now, maybe it's not enough to change any elections or anything else, but it still is a continuing disservice uh, to the American people. All right, John, I've got to run. John Schlafly, thank you. As always, the column is available over at phyllisschlafly.com, archived there uh, every week. And uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in uh, with our old friend, uh, Dr. Marina Hoffman, who is uh, going to be participating in our Collegians event. We, a few years ago, did our Collegians event, Phyllis Schlafly Eagles Collegians. We did it all virtually because of the reality of COVID and everything else. Turns out it was a great success. And we have members of Congress and uh, people who are in influential positions in policy and leaders like Marina who come on and will be a part of it. If you, by the way, you can go check out her book as well as a lot of her other work, Women in the Bible.info. Women in the Bible.info. Um, she has is an award-winning uh, writer and uh, communicator and teacher. So, welcome back. First of all, Marina, how are you? Oh, it's so great to be with you, and, and I'm so excited for this summit and your heart and your organization's heart for the young people because really that is our future. It's cliche, but it's true. And I think the older we get, the more we realize how true it is. Well, and so let me ask you, how do you find in your work, you've been at this a number of years, how do you find that things have changed with young people? Are people more receptive? Are people more um, uh, confused? I mean, what is your feeling on, I know, I, I think we all know the importance of talking to young people as they're being formed, but it also seems like it, it's moving a little bit and changing. 
It is. I teach university. So that's my biggest experience that I have on a daily basis with university students. And, you know, as all of us face this struggle of comparison to others, young people face it more than ever. I would say, Ed, I think it's in proportion to how much they care about social media, because Mm. for some of us, we could care less about how many likes we get. And that's good because I've been shadow banned for months. Right, right. These young people who put so much weight into social media and likes, I think it creates an immense pressure to then say something that will be liked and say something that will be popular. And Ed, when you're trying to be a person of faith and you're trying to stand up for your values that are contrary many times to the world we live in and our society and the push of media, it puts young people in a hard place. So I have nothing but praise for those who are willing to stand out of the flow of what society expects and might get them a million hits to speak the truth and to say, I'm going to speak the truth and represent the truth. And it doesn't matter how many people like it, but it does matter who likes it, Ed, right? Of foremost the Lord, but also who do you want to be valued? And I hope that more and more of us want to be valued by the friends who we value and we appreciate and we respect. Uh, we're talking again with Marina Hoffman. And um, Marina, I, you, you've been on the program. You've been talking about what was going on in Canada, where you have family, uh, these uh, challenges to our freedoms and so many things. Well, uh, the big news I want to ask you about is that you are now working and started a new chapter of Moms for America. Of course, we know our old friend Kimberly uh, Fletcher, who has been at that for a long time. I can remember the first event that I met her at was a a, a uh, Phyllis Schlafly Eagles gathering in, in, in January, about four or five years ago. And she was just sort of starting out and she had this vision. Well, this is exciting. So tell us about Moms for America. I guess, is it Palm Beach County? Is that where you started a chapter? That's right. And Ed, you know, if your listeners knew my story, they would know I'm the least likely person. First of all, I'm Canadian and I'm not ashamed to say six weeks ago, I didn't know there was a difference between a district and a county. I didn't know there was an election here in Florida, August 23rd at all. And there is the school board. So I've learned so much. And I was, I say I'm the least likely. I didn't have the knowledge as a Canadian and I had a severe brain injury eight years ago and couldn't even speak a word, English or otherwise. I have severe amnesia. So I'm the least likely to do anything. And I hope that your college and university listeners will really get that. It's not about qualifications in the eyes of the world. It's about being humble enough to listen to God and to follow his lead and to say yes. And the more unlikely we are, Ed, my discovery is that the more God can shine through in incredible ways. So I made one, one, one friend called me and said, Hey, I, you're part of Moms for America. Can I join? And I said, well, I'm not, but if you want to co-lead this group, we have it. She said, yes, Ed, she said, yes, on the spot by text at 1130 Hmm. at night. And, you know, we didn't waste time. We said, let's invite our friends tomorrow. We'll just throw it together. Find a place. We did. Ed, three weeks later, we met just our close friends, 14 of us. Then it was 35. Then it was 40. We've amassed all kinds of candidates. We have an event coming up in July that it looks like it'll have 200. Ed, it's mind-blowing. And it just started with really us doing the simplest thing of getting together like-minded friends. We're talking again with Marina Hoffman. I encourage you, uh, her website where a lot of her writings and her information way to connect is womeninthebible.info. Womeninthebible.info happens to be the name of uh, her book, as well as uh, a small group Bible study that she put together with that. Um, So Marina, uh, back to um, this back. Let me ask you, because you got my jog, my uh, thought as we're talking. Um, Canada 
compared to America. Most of us think Canada's sane and, and we just don't think they're crazy. And yet you watch sort of the politics up there and it seems to go crazy. It seems to, is it, has it always been thus? Has it always been sort of off kilter? It seems like it's gotten worse and worse. And, and Trudeau is really um, sort of out and loud about being really a bully. Yes, you know, I can tell you from the flip side, Ed, when I lived in Canada, I thought the Americans are crazy with some (laughs) of the things happening under President Obama. And now living here, of course, I know that people pushed hard against it and didn't support it. But we're, we're seeing it play again in history with President Biden. And there are things he's doing that are very upsetting and there's state level issues. So, you know, you have a system and our systems are a little bit different, but it's set up that you can have these executive orders and it doesn't matter how the people really think and believe. And I know that the founding fathers did not envision that. But here we are, Ed, it's something we need to push against. So I'd say maybe Canadians are as crazy or are not as crazy as Americans. The people I know, Ed, are very upset. They're pushing back. And yet you have to go through the court system. And Ed, and Ed, Ed that's, that doesn't happen overnight. It's a long, hard, expensive path. Uh, we're talking again, Marina Hoffman, Dr. Marina Hoffman, and she will be participating. I mentioned uh, next week we have our Phyllis Schlafly Eagles Collegians. It's a virtual summit, and if you'd like to be a part of it, it doesn't. It turns out last year when we did this, we had lots of people, hundreds of people that were watching that weren't collegians. But if you go to phyllisschlafly.com/collegians, you can learn more. The theme this week is this year is vigilant, active, brave. Uh, the Phyllis Schlafly Collegians 2022, and Dr. Marina Hoffman will be a part of it, as will others. I just heard we were just uh, getting in information on uh, uh, Senator Tom Massey will be there. Who's talking. He made uh, some news yesterday. I forget what his tweet was on, but he was active. He's out in the fray. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully Ted Cruz will come again. He came last year uh, and we'll, and a lot more. All right. Uh, Dr. Marina Hoffman, again, women in the Bible.info women in the Bible.info. Uh, how do you feel about the energy. I know you see and hear, and fear, hear, hear people that come to you and say, hey, I want to do something about it. But that's different than them doing it. One of the things I'm worried about, and I've just we talk about is translating your anger, your frustration into action. I know that's I'm sure that's why Moms for America, Palm Beach County is something you care about. And it's a way to steer things. But how do you feel like that's happening? Are you seeing people turn their their frustration into action? Yes, but Ed, we need leaders. And this is why I'm so excited to speak to the young people because you don't need to be qualified, but someone needs to lead. And my own experience, Ed, is when I started to say what I'd like to do, I wanted to fight for election integrity for school boards. It's incredible how many people came to support me, either with a check or as a grassroots organization who wanted my help. Other groups at groups that have nothing to do with politics, social groups said, listen, I have a thousand people on my email list. Send me everything you're doing and I'll present it and promote it. So it's not so much about having all our cards lined up and having the people. I think the time, Ed. The time is for us to step out and just start. Start by talking to people about what our dream is. What do you want to accomplish? And allow God to bring those people alongside. Ed, you know, even you, I'm on your show. What a surprise to me. This would have been unheard of back in January. But I started to send out pitches and say, I don't know everything, but I know something's very wrong in Canada. And let me start talking about it. And if you're just willing to do that, it's incredible how the Lord brings the resources you need to accomplish your dream if it's centered on truth. 
It's exactly right. I mean, part of it is just effort. It's almost like if you get out into the fray, it almost doesn't matter what you do. If you're in there, you are making a difference. Um, so thank you, Marina Hoffman. We'll look forward to uh, you being at the Collegian Summit, and we will uh, put all this up on social media. And again, make sure for those of you that are interested in finding out more about Marina and her work, you can visit womeninthebible.info, womeninthebible.info. There's a feature there where you can be in touch with her through the website. Thank you, Marina. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. When we come back, we got a lot more. Don't forget, we'll put this up over on uh, ProAmericaReport.com, and you can find out more. And uh, Marina mentioned she's been on the show, I don't know, three or four times in the last months. Uh, all of them great interviews, so we can, you can check them out there. They're all posted over there. We'll take a break. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report, back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. I used to think that the only question to ask when it comes to the abortion debate is whether the unborn child is a living human being. After all, who could possibly be in favor of killing children after we know that they're alive? Yet the left never ceases to find new ways to shock and disgust me. A new bill in California is posed to not only keep abortion legal through all nine months of pregnancy, but even to allow the slaughter of children after birth. Yes, you heard that right. The slippery slope of anti-life logic has reached this sad all-time low. The exact extent to which California Bill AB 2223 would allow the murder of children is unknown, largely due to one particularly vague choice of wording. The language of the bill states that someone cannot be held liable for, quote, their actions or omissions with respect to their pregnancy or actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcome, including miscarriage, stillbirth or abortion or perinatal death, end quote. The word perinatal is of particular concern to pro-lifers. Traditionally, it's been defined to include both the time before and also the time after birth. The National Library of Medicine defines the perinatal period as all nine months of pregnancy and up to 24 months after birth. This is a terrible and shocking piece of legislation. So let me be absolutely clear what this bill could do. It could allow a mother, abortionist, doctor, or other person to murder a child on the day before his second birthday and face absolutely no criminal or civil charges. If this sounds impossible to you, Need I remind you that only a decade ago, even the farthest left Democrats could tell you the difference between men and women. Fourteen years ago, Democrat candidate Barack Obama was running for president on the position that marriage should be between a man and a woman. Never underestimate the satanic creep of the left deeper and deeper into wickedness. If we don't turn the tide right now, we'll be fighting against the murder of born alive children nationwide. Make no mistake about it. Now is the time to stand for righteousness. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For more than 50 years, Phyllis led the fight against the dead-end road of radical feminism. Today, with the rise of so many savvy young conservative women, new voices are emerging. You're invited to voice your opinion on what's really important to women at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, let's revisit uh, my theme of 101 ways to steal elections, 101 ways to steal elections and what to do about it and what to do about it, because I can go through 101 ways to steal elections. So we can talk, you can steal um, voter registration, you can control uh, the poll books, you can control the ballots, you can uh, redo the ballots, you can run the computers, 101 ways to steal elections. But what to do about it is important. Well, one of the ways to steal an election, and by the way, when I say steal an election, you don't have to, you don't have to consider it only, I didn't I only break the law. You can steal an election and not break the law. And you can, in other words, you can use the rules that are created and you're stealing the will of the people. I don't know. We'll come back to that, I guess. But here's the way. One of the 101, 101, excuse me, 101 ways to steal an election and what to do about it. More and more people are realizing that there has been an effort to systematically take away from a party its opportunity to pick its nominee. Because we have a two-party system. You can have a third and fourth party, but they don't really count. If you want a real third, fourth, fifth, sixth party, go to Europe. But in our country, we're going to have two choices, and we're going to make those choices clear. You're going to go about it. You're going to say, these are the two people running for X position. California has changed the rules where the top two vote getters in the primary end up in, in there, and they run Democrat against Democrat. It's a stupid system. It's not really fair. It's a, it's a way to steal elections because you're making sure you don't really have a choice. But generally in this country, you get a choice, Republican and Democrat, except Over the last 50 years, and it really started 100 years ago, but certainly accelerated in the last 50 and dramatically so in the last 15, you have people that open the primaries up to anyone who wants to say they're a Republican that day. And so you have an organized effort to help elect candidates for the nominee of the party that either are weaker and not a good nominee or they're not the real conservative and they'll be rhinos or there'll be moderates anyway and this has happened in all, all happened for a long time it's one of the reasons why some purists in places like the commonwealth in virginia uh, virginia say we're better off to have the uh conventions it used to be people conservatives would say well those conventions they end up being you know sort of uh, uh you know cigar uh back room with a cigar smoke uh, hanging over and you know we don't get a say well now Conservatives know they can organize to show up at a convention and say there's 5,000 people at a convention to pick the nominee for that party, as opposed to 50,000 people voting in a primary and saying that they're Republican on the day of the election. And this threat is, is this way, 101 ways to steal an election and what to do about it. This one's easy to do about it. There should be a system where the elections, the primary elections, are only for Republican Party members. I'm, I don't know if you want to make it so you have to be a card carrying member of the Republican Party. If you have to make it a dues paying, I don't know that I care. I do know that there should be some barrier to allow uh, 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 to enter so that we don't have people who are gaming the system. That's clearly what happened in Georgia in the recent primary. They admit it more and more. They're just brazen about it they, because it's not technically illegal. It's not technically illegal in most places because they've changed the laws to steal the election. You can steal an election by changing the laws. You can steal an election by fortifying it, which is what the left said they did in 2020. They used the system and especially the emergency powers of COVID and the emergency fears of COVID to get to get the system changed to steal the election. So we, we should all demand that both parties have a system in place 
that lets them figure out who are party members and who are not. And if you're not a party member, you cannot, you definitely cannot go and vote in the primary primary election or uh, attend if you're not in that party. That seems obvious to me. The, um, and, and I think that, that, um, that, uh, um, that fix will be easier to do than o- almost anything else. And I think more and more conservatives uh, realize that and recognize that and are saying to themselves, we can see that. We can see why that's important. Let's make that happen. So I think you can expect that that is going to be uh, something that people will do. So, all right, everybody, thank you for tuning in. As always, I got to run and we have a great uh, show for you tomorrow. Some really interesting guests, one on the fake news. Uh, It's uh, the woman who wrote a book on it. Her name is uh, Batya Ungar Sargon. The book is uh, uh, Bad News, How Woke Media is Undermining Democracy. Really good book. We'll have her on tomorrow. And um, we will also, uh, I mentioned, get a chance to talk to Alex Newman, our great friend who is running for state rep in uh, Florida. All right, everybody, have a great day. Thank you, as always, to Noah Dingley, our great, great producer, uh, Joanna Spilger, for her assistance, associate producer. We'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com and uh, check out all these interviews there and links to all these interviews as well as articles and uh, columns. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. It's Ed Martin on the Pro America Report. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.